Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Sustainable 173. Welcome yourself to Stainababble 173, my splendid East London residing baseball cap wearing backwards monkey. How the I devil am, are you? I am the Ute. <laughs> How the devil are you and why are you dressed like Criss Cross? Uh, no one, nobody, I wager nobody <laughs> is going to get that reference, but um, let's play with it. I'm fine, thank you, and I like wearing... A cap backwards, and I shall because it's locked down. And what you gonna do? Quite right. How is the Barnet situation, Alt? Well, I'm one of the few people for whom you know, <laughs> pointlessly, horribly long hair is not particularly out of the ordinary. So I just look normal. Indeed. Whereas I look a lot like that picture of Albert Einstein that everyone's seen, um, <laughs> except except with Shearer's Island at the front. Um, <laughs> Very nice. Yes, indeed. I've applied product to try and keep it under control today. Anyway, um, we are Sustainababble. We are your friendly little weekly environment podcast. Ain't we all? Yes. All about people and the planet. And why, despite everything being nosed, we can have a little chuckle about it every now and then. Yes? Yes. Yes. And what are we going to be having a little chuckle about this week, then? We are going to be talking about, well... Just imagine for a second that you are in desperate need of a pan and um, your, your, your friend or your, or your assistant, perhaps, if, if you're that sort of person, is called Lynn. You, you would go, Pan, go Lynn! Pan, go Lynn! Bloody uh, hell. Is that the best that, you've got? Is that, is, that, honestly, is that the best you've got? I think it is, actually, yes. <laughs> you've known for four days we were going to do this about pangolins. I think that that's is the best, the best you've got. I've got. I'm so tired. <laughs> uh, so that, that's what you would say. And that is what we're going to say, because we're going to talk about the pangolin. The pangolin, which is, of course, the culprit, the reason that there is a pandemic, the reason that people are dying. It's the pangolin's fault. And we're going to explain exactly why. Or is it? Or is it? We're also going to be, and you know, just to continue this theme, imagine for a moment that you were stung by the sap of a really horrible plant. Uh, you would go, ah, ha, ah, ha. Yes. You, yeah. Yeah, that's what would happen if you got the sap of the hogweed, the giant hogweed on yes. you. And the giant hogweed is a problem. It is a proper bastard of a plant or well that's the sanitized version of what you put in the prep talk anyway uh, it's it's a nasty thing it's coming over here it's invading everything and it's out of control and we're going to talk about the army that is being recruited to put it back in its place so that's to do with aha well that that's pan go lynn and aha that's an alan partridge theme Sometimes there's a bit in one of Terry Pratchett's books when he talks about a character who's so lazy that he makes life much harder for himself than it needs to be by coming up with torturous things instead of actually doing the thing in the first place. That's, that's what exa- that was. That's exa- <laughs> no, that's not what that was. That's me. That is exactly what I do. <laughs> Splendid news. Well, thank you, Alan, for helping us out with that. Just the usual disclaimer, all does work for environmental charities, don't you all? Yep. Yeah, but I don't, so I can say what I want, but Ol, well, Ol can say what he wants to, but it's very much Ol's own views and not the views of anyone for whom he works. So if anything that he says rubs you up the wrong way, say to him, I am knowing me, knowing you, 
and uh, I am not taking it up with your bosses, but taking it up with you all. Yes? Absolutely. Back of the net. Bang. Have we done Partridge before? No, I don't think so. Hmm? Dan's a fantastic man. <laughs> he really is. I was making In a of of the week. So, Inhoff time. Now, for anybody new to the show, uh, the Inhoff of the week is the person who's been the most dastardly, and it is the <clears throat> is named after a senator in America, Jim Inhoff, who thinks that climate change isn't real. And I haven't checked, but almost certainly thinks that coronavirus isn't real and, like, you know, is the made in a Chinese lab type thing. Anyway, we've named this section of the show after him when other people are being similarly idiotic, but it's not always people. Sometimes it's animals. Who is it yes. this week, Dave? Utter, utter bastards. Scaly <laughs> bastards. That's who we're talking about. Oh, we are going to welcome to Inhoff Corner this week, the horrible, the grisly, the awful Pangolin. Now, point of order. Look at uh, this one of, one shit. Of, Look at this of, shit. Look at it. Look at the picture of that shit. Look at it. Sitting there, all scaly. Look at all it. All vulnerable, all endangered, well, all, all That's what it wants you to think. That's all, what it wants you to think. No, that's, we've, fallen, we've fallen for its ruse. It's seen us coming. It's lured us in. And what it's done is given us all the pox, vile little thing. Okay, so let's start. First things first. Yes. A pangolin is a sort of a kind of anteater type thing. Looks a bit like an armadillo, that sort of thing. Very strange creature to look at. Very cute. Eats mm. insects. Has a long nose, long tongue. Um, climbs up trees, bizarrely. And there are lots of different versions of them. They live in Africa and in Asia and other places. Uh, and they're very cool, completely harmless and absolutely persecuted to shit. Is it right that I think from Babel's past, I have in my head the idea that after perhaps the beetle, the pangolin is your favourite thing in the world? It's pretty, yeah, it's, it's up there. I, I mean, as with lots of other things that I like a lot, I know very little about it. I just sort of like the idea of it. Although I have seen one in the wild, seen a couple in what? the wild. And, I, and when I say they're harmless, they're it's not just on harmless. your gap yard. This is on your gap it, yard. No, it is. It? it is a gap yard story. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 and uh, they're not harmless if you if you corner them because, like I said, they can climb trees and they have these incredibly powerful, like curly claw type thing or claws, and they would do you a wrong if you got them on your arm or anything. If they if a pangolin tried to climb you, you would be in pieces. If uh, a pangolin I... tried to climb. <laughs> were you? What were you doing to discover a pangolin? Were you on your gap yard poking about in some bush you weren't supposed to be in? Oh, no, it's a bush I was supposed to be in. Uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, I, was, I was counting things. That's what I did on my gap yard. I went to... Uh, it's Johnny Foreigner here. Uh, no, Johnny, I'm here to... Johnny English here. I'm here to, to count things for you. 80. All the threes, 33. Uh, yes, I was counting, counting fauna and flora, including pangolins. And I thought, oh, they're nice, they're cute. Um, little did I know that they are, yeah, they're in terrible trouble. They get well, 
they get all hunted and persecuted. They do. They do. Well, we're going to talk. We're going to talk about all of that. Oh, I don't wish to interrupt you in mid pangolin flow, and you do have a significant advantage over me in that you have seen a pangolin. I confess, uh, I've heard people banging on about pangolins before. I looked into this episode. I didn't even really know what a pangolin was. I kind of thought it was like a little armadillo-y type thing. I had not looked into pangolins all this until <laughs> I saw a documentary. Look into a well, I did. I, there was a documentary on BBC the other day. Well, it, it, someone was holding the pangolin up by its tail and you could see right into a pangolin i'll tell you that for nothing um graphic <laughs> it was graphic pangolin show you dirty old man would you like a pangolin quiz oh yes definitely yeah no sorry i'm back in a room now i was getting i was just ignoring your horrible anatomical pangolin smut and uh, uh but a quiz yes hit me up go go Right, good. Pangolin quiz. Now, pangolin quiz is not set by me. Oh, pangolin quiz is going to be set by my mate John. Now, my mate John loves pangolins as much as you. John is a journalist um, off of the BBC. Do you know anyone with a name with more than one syllable in it? Because we had, well, I suppose Dave, uh, Big Dave has got two syllables, but we've had... Big Dave has got two syllables. We've had Big right, Dave yeah. helping us out with the quiz. It's your Dave. This is your mate John. Well, I know, well, I know Baby Ol. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, we could we could say that's three syllables. Very good. Okay, yeah, three syllables. Yeah. So, um, my mate John set me a pangolin quiz in a online pub quiz thing we did the other day, and I thought that is such a good quiz. Ol, I think Ol would like that quiz. So, by means of getting you and the listener up to speed with what a pangolin is, you're going to have John's pangolin quiz. Are you ready? I'm very ready. This is excellent and most exciting. And uh, may I say in advance, thank you, John. Uh, please hold while I do the clever thing. Just gonna do the clever thing. Holding. More screen. Yeah, computer sound. Okay. So here is John introducing pangolins. Can you hear this all? When is World Pangolin Not Day? That one. Is Bollocks. Right, where are we? Uh, good. <laughs> Should I try that again? Please do. <laughs> do you know when World Pangolin Day is on? Uh, no, but I'm going to spend a lot of time thinking about it. Which group of animals do pangolins belong to? Are they A, reptiles, B, amphibians, or C, mammals? Mammals. They're mammals, believe it or not. You knew that. I, I confess you, uh, yes. Well, uh, <laughs> it's obvious, isn't it? I mean, they're not... A... Well, it's not obvious. I didn't I didn't know that. They look like a bloody armadillo. What's that? I don't know. Probably a mammal as well. I mean, just because they've got scales doesn't make them like a crocodile. Come on, next question. Well, no, but hang on. Uh, okay. But that kind of is the point, though, isn't it? Because, like, they are the only mammal with scales. Yes? Maybe. I don't know. I, swear they, I think they might be, like, one of those not-quite-scales-on-a-technicality type thing. They sort of look like scales taste like scales, smell like scales, but aren't technically a scale or something. Shut up and stop denigrating pangolin quiz. That's a good question. <laughs> no, no, that's a good question, yeah. Right. What is a baby pangolin called? Is it A, a pangol pup, B, a pangol cub, or C, a pangol kitten? Ah, re- ah, not so clever now, are we? <laughs> I really ah. hope it's a pangol pup. I, I'm desperate <laughs> you hope because it's alliterative and incredibly cute. So I'm saying I'm saying a a pangle pup. 
A baby pangolin is called a pango pup. Yeah! Hey! Who knew? <laughs> Superb. Although I'm disappointed it's not called a pango kitten. That'd be amazing. <laughs> Imagine a scaly kitten. Oh, you wouldn't want one of them up your drainpipe, would you? No, I wouldn't. How are you getting on with pang? Are you enjoying pangolin quiz? Yeah, very much, because I'm winning. Oh, good. Well, how many have you got? Two. 100%. Right, let's see if we can ramp this up a bit. Pangolins famously can roll up into a ball to protect themselves from predators. But which other defensive tactic do they use? Do they A, make a piercing high-pitched squeal? Do they B, emit a foul-smelling odour like a skunk would? Or C, do they spit? Ooh. Um... I, they don't look like the sort of farting type, or at least not the sort of... Uh, but often people don't. Not, not a weaponized fart, anyway. Yeah, you. Yeah, often people don't. There are some people I can think of. Some people not a million miles away um, who don't look like the farting type. That's are for you sure. talking about your girlfriend? No, she's... Uh, 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 move on, move on. I didn't say that. <laughs> oh, wow. <gosh. laughs> I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Golly I did and say- indeed gosh. I don't <laughs> think it's the farting ones. Uh, I uh, high pitch squeal. I, it could be a squeal or spitting. Uh. When you were poking about counting pangolins, did, which of those do they do? No, nothing, nothing. They, they, they recognised that I, was, I came in peace. Um, I th- Well, they've got big tongues, haven't they? I think it might be a spit. I think it might be a clever, spitty thing. Clever, spitty thing. The answer is, they emit a foul-smelling odour like a skunk no from glands near their anus. Oh, I love the way he says that. Near their anus. That's a, a splendid, dumb, free-share way of saying I'm going to say that again. Put that on. They do watch on. They emit a foul-smelling odour like a skunk from glands near their anus. Oh, I think it's the way he says glands that I find most <laughs> disturbing, actually. I'm going to make a little song out of that. <laughs> glands near their anus. Yeah, how is your terribly busy lockdown going, by the way? Oh, sorry, I'm just being... What's oh, that? very good. Listener, I should point out what's happened here is that um, Baby Ola has been parked okay. in front of the television one, uh, with one some moment, noise, noise cancelling headphones on um, and Baby Ola has now decided this is no longer good enough so Ola has to go and do something. Ola is now going off to do something. I can see Ola picking up a child. <laughs> yeah, they are my shouting glasses. Uh, and... Apologising for the shouting. Shouting Dave glasses, that's right. And he's back. Here he is. Uh, And that, folks, is what you call top parenting. Whiskey. Uh, I've never seen whiskey go down a child (laughs) as fast as that in my life. Did you hear him say, are those, are those your uh, your shouting glasses? 
because <laughs> I don't usually wear glasses. Uh, Except to shouting. Apart, apparently, apart from when I'm shouting. Everyone should have a pair of shouting glasses. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a pair at work. If we ever get back to work, I'm going to have a pair of shouting glasses that are marked up in their case as shouting glasses so that, so that people know I'm in a bad mood. Do you ever mention that name in front of me, that filthy piece of toe rag? Right, where are we? Here. There are eight species of pangolins located across two continents. Four of the pangolin species are from Asia. In which continent are the other four species found? A. Africa B. North America C. South America the answer, I hope, is A, because, as previously mentioned on my gap, yeah, 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 in Africa, I saw some. Oh, right, <laughs> very good. Yeah, you do have an advantage. Um, uh, yeah, uh, well, OK, let's assume that that is indeed... Yeah, very good. Thank you very uh, much. I, th- I thought your gap yard yeah, was in Asia. I thought you were... Um, no. I thought you were going around the beaches of Thailand and that sort of thing. No, 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 no. I was doing, I was doing something moderately useful. Counting pangolins. Hello. Counting pangolins. I was mainly counting trees and counting beetles and stuff, but uh, yeah. You know, did anybody, did anybody ever ask you what the hell you were doing? Well, it, was like, it wasn't just me on my own. It was an organisation like, that had been there oh. for a while. I like the idea thing. My mum and dad just said, now, um, it's time you got out of the house. So just go to somewhere in Africa and count some animals. And if anyone asks you what you're doing, just say, I'm from England and I'm here to count things. Three shall be the number thou shalt count. And the number of the counting shall be three. Right. Last question in Pangolin Quiz. When is World Pangolin Day? Every day. Is it A, the first Saturday in January, B, the third Saturday of February, or C, the third Friday of May? Now think very carefully, all about when the third Friday in May is. Is it... Today. Yeah! <laughs> so is today World Pangolin... Today, as we record, obviously. Is today World Pangolin Day? Oh, that's the question. Have you have you been getting a world... I don't think so. Why? I don't think so. I, Why? I have a feeling it's already happened. I have a feeling I saw some <laughs> social media action. Did you send... Pango-related I didn't, socials. I didn't get my World Pangolin Day card off of you. No. <laughs> Well, you know, lockdown has terribly affected the post. Um, I, I would go for the January one. I think it's January. Not today. You don't think today is World Pangolin Day? I don't Day. think it's today. It's the third Saturday of February. Ooh. Uh, I'm very glad there is one. That's good news. Well, can today be honorary World Pangolin Day, given that we're talking about pangolins on the Babylon? Absolutely. Yes, it's... In intergalactic Pangolin Day. Well, thank you very much, John, for setting the quiz about pangolins uh did you enjoy yes, pangolin you, quiz all i loved it yeah very good i now know more things about pangolin one what i did before so that's good do you know all that pangolins are properly royally screwed uh, yeah, I mean, I don't have it all in my head, the numbers and everything, but, well, I've got it in a document in front of me, so I'll read some out. Uh, in China, 
where there were pangolins, lots, are, there are now less. 94% down since the 1960s. I did know, before uh, you did all the research for this episode, that uh, they were the world's most trafficked animal. So what does that mean, most trafficked? Taken from one place to another for usually illegally selling, right? Crikey. The most, the most in the world. More than like, so remember back in episode 51, we talked about tigers and tiger bits and all that sort yeah. of stuff. Well, I think More it's the same, same gig, isn't it? It's, it's largely driven by, uh, well, there's, it's definitely driven by meat. People do eat the meat as a delicacy. Uh, don't know if they eat anything else, but they, there's definitely a mistaken, in my view, belief. Well, that's not in my view. It is clearly mistaken belief that like uh, ground up, pangolin is good for your willy and stuff like that is is all the usual i was saying to mrs ol earlier i do i do come over very daily mail about this sort of stuff like what chinese medicine stuff yeah about like massive massive numbers of people generally in you know similar places thinking it's a good idea to ground up a a pangolin or a tiger's willy or whatever in the mistaken belief that it's going to make you good in bed like i know that everyone everywhere every culture everywhere does stupid things but that just come on yeah right i'm all up for being culturally sensitive if we talked about this in episode 51 when we talked about tigers we did we did talk about this and we said then what we're saying now which is i don't care if this offends you what i'm about to say now it doesn't cure cancer (laughs) well like it doesn't cure cancer or make your willy better to grind up a tiger or a pangolin and consume it as a medicine. It just doesn't. What that is, is bollocks. And what else it is doing is knackering your pangolin and your tiger. And I'm all up for, like, cultural relativity and stuff, but not that. It can sod off. It can sod off. Oh, it can sod right off. Uh, And you can think that without saying, oh, that's typical Westerners saying everything's great about the West. It ain't. An awful lot of stuff is stupid here, but we don't do that. And for that, I am am happy and grateful, and I don't care if that knackers your whatevers. Go away. I hear you're a racist now, Father. (laughs) What? What? How did you get interested in that type of thing? <laughs> Very good. Well, um, yes, I think we're on uh, on total in total agreement on that one. Um, I still it still amazes me that it's like number one though, because the number of people who haven't heard of a pangolin, it, like wh- why why is it the mega. most the most trafficked? What is it about about them? It's just mega. I think part of it is because it's not legal to trade them, right? Like so you can't. It is not. It is illegal under international law to flog pangolins or bits of pangolins to other countries. But like that just makes a massive black market of it appear. Uh, and because in China there are like hardly any pangolins because they have knackered all the pangolins, what they are doing is trading them from other bits of Asia or Africa or stuff like that. There was this um, BBC documentary that I think really sadly, I think by the time you listen to this, it's just going to have gone off iPlayer because it was on there until Sunday really, really annoyingly. If you're listening to this and, and you just about have a time to watch it, go and watch it. About pangolins, very sad. But they showed the scale of trafficking. In 2017, Ol, uh, there were enough shipments of pangolin scales that were seized, so just the ones we know about, that accounted for 100,000 pangolins, right? Oh that's God. like illegal, illegal. That's, that's what they know about. One mm. shipment of which was like 12 tonnes of pangolin scales. It's absolutely massive. Just last week, there were these two blokes put in Nick in China, in Hong Kong, actually, for a couple of years for trafficking pangolin scales. It's just this massive black market. And although it's not legal, 
apparently to uh, you you can uh, do Chinese medicine if you've got like historic quote historic stockpiles of pangolin scales. It's not legal to use like <laughs> new pangolin scales. Um, that apparently is a big old loophole that you can oh, get right. around. Oh, I was uh, rumbling around, around in a loft the other day, and uh, do you know what? Yes. I I stumbled across twelve tons of ground up pangolin, which are. Clearly, I've had for some time because I've completely <laughs> forgotten about it. Anyway, yes. seeing as it's there, it would be a shame to waste it. And I'm making an absolute metric f- ton of money by selling it to people who think that their willy will be bigger. Should just say, should just say, should just say, oh, that your pangolin uh, is not extinct, but is bloody close to it in some places. Like, we didn't actually say that. The pangolin is like, in yes. China, it's almost extinct. There are eight species of pangolin. They are all all of them on the global endangered list. Some of them, like in this documentary, they were saying 10 years from now, there may not be any of that particular type of pangolin around. Like they are properly knackered. And we haven't also mentioned the fact that if you go to places like Vietnam, you can eat, like cafes will sell you pangolin. Like you can eat pangolin. It is a thing. Uh, I mean, at least I I don't don't like that. That's that's clearly bad. But... That's better. You will get some nourishment from eating a pangolin. That, it, it is a meal. <laughs> like It's a bad meal. You shouldn't do it. But I have less of a problem with that than I do with all of the hocus pocus nonsense. The reason we're talking about it now... The reason it's topical-ish is that, as well as being hunted to within an inch of their lives by everybody, they're now being absolutely framed for causing the global pandemic that we are currently uh, living through. Well, those of us lucky enough to still be alive are living through, uh, but lots of people aren't. Lots and lots of diseases, lots of uh, infectious diseases that humans catch come from animals and pass from animal populations, wild animal populations to humans, sometimes via other animals, sometimes via and often via the way that humans like, interact with them. So once you start doing industrial farming and everything, like the chances of things crossing over become higher. But the point is, people have gone on the hunt for like, right, who is it? Which animal, which single animal is the, the culprit for starting coronavirus? And there is a theory that Dave is now going to explain uh, that it is the pangolin. Well, yes. Well, that's it, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, come on. You put a lot of detail into the prep. Well, as far as we know, and we don't know this for sure, and it seems week by week that uh, we change our mind about this. As far as we know, here's what happened, right? There was a time when there was no uh, coronavirus in humans. Now we have coronavirus in humans. It is zoonotic coronavirus, which is uh, the name for a type of virus that have we have got off of animals. Right? I thought it was one of so those Camden bands from like 2002. <laughs> I know exactly what zoonotic sounds like. Isn't <laughs> what they think happened was, though, that uh, that this was the coronavirus that we've got was in bats, but they don't think that necessarily it came from bats directly to us. We think maybe like something else ate the bat, and that we ate that something else, and they think the thing that that might be might be a pangolin, but we don't know for sure. Basically, um, but there was a research paper in China which suggested what? Well, what? I just point of order. I don't think pangolins eat bats. I don't know if you've I don't know if you've seen a bat, but it No, they eat insects. It flies and They eat insects. Well that what's that got to do with anything? Nothing. 
The point is, I don't know, and we don't know. Okay, but uh, isn't and, it more and, likely? Isn't it more likely that what's actually happened is that a bat has pooed, and like the you know the poo has got into the pangolin's gob, or um, a bat has eaten a bit of fruit, and the pangolins come along and eaten the same bit of fruit. Isn't that more likely? Possible. I mean, you know what? I'm not an expert in all. <laughs> This zoonotics, but, zoonotics. Um, I, I, I don't, and we think we don't really, as far as I can work out, we don't really know. But there was a research paper from China that said in February, and Arabella, sorry to do this to you, but could you explain to us, please, what the research paper in China said in February? And Godspeed, Arabella, Godspeed. In particular, the alignment of the spike surface glycoprotein receptor binding domain revealed four times more variations in the bat coronavirus. RATG13 than in the Manis coronavirus compared with the 2019 NCOV, suggesting the pangolin as a missing link in the transmission of 2019 NCOV from bats to humans. <laughs> right, yes, good. Which Just says basically. Up, that, that was RATG13, wasn't it? Not, not 14, <laughs> the, the better known of its cousins. <laughs> Which, as far as I could work out, basically says the coronavirus that we've got is like the same pretty much as the one that's in bats, but it doesn't look like we could have caught it off bats. But if you look in a pangolin version, although the virus isn't the same, it does look like one that we could catch. They're basically saying chances are those two things got together and turned into a virus that we can catch. That's what they said. Right. Uh, but then they changed their mind. Uh, and it looks like it looks like the, the pangolin say, basically. Everyone's allowed to change their know. mind. Everyone's allowed to change their mind, obviously. But I'd prefer like <laughs> prefer these sorts of scientists to be really, really quite sure before like basically getting the, the, the world's animal vigilantes to turn their guns on pangolins. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, actually, no, um, no, we're not sure that was right. Guys, cu- come back with your. Your pangolin guns? No, they've they've gone. Okay, we've got the secret vigilante handshake. Now we need code names. I'll be Q-Ball, Skinner can be 8-Ball, Barney will be 12-Ball, and Mo, you can be Q-Ball. You're an idiot. Yeah, basically, there's a smoking gun and the pangolin was seen near it. And, like, it's, you know, it definitely has a motive, the pangolin, as we've established. The pangolin, you know, definitely well, definitely yes. would <laughs> definitely would be entitled to be, you know, deliberately spreading horrible pox to humans. Yeah, uh, but no forensics haven't been able to that. find a... No, but there's there's no... Forensics has dusted the gun and they haven't yet found any conclusive claw marks or anything like that uh, to firmly link it to the pangolin. Thing is, we don't, we don't know. They changed their mind. They're looking for... Some, we, for some reason, it matters. Like, you know, we're really, really determined to find out that it was a particular animal. We're determined to prove it was something because uh, then what? I don't know. I mean, as, as you, you, you were pointing out, this friend of the babble, Tony Juniper, go back and listen to episode, oh, I want to say 36, 38, something like that for 37 for our talk with tony juniper a long time ago anyway he made a point and what was his point oh um what was his point his point was that it's not that like animals are out there lobbing diseases at humans and like we need to be constantly alert and dodging them and then when they when they lob one we go and kill the shit out of them his point was that it's the way that humans are encroaching on habitats and the way that we're nausing up um uh, well, animals and, and uh, you know, farming and all the rest of it. It's, it's human behaviour that is exacerbating the transfer of uh, diseases from animals to humans. Yeah, which is the thing, right? However we got it, we know we got it off an animal. 
Uh, we did that presumably by at some point dicking about with animals. Yes. Perhaps literally. Yeah. And <laughs> and Golly. frankly, Golly. Yes. I mean, there, you know, there you know are, the other week I asked you whether you were saying anything now that you wouldn't say before when you had a job and you yes. maintained that you were. I wasn't quite so sure, but actually I think you have changed. <laughs> I'm not, I think I preferred the, the restrained version. I preferred Dave with a filter. You know, the problem with all of this is it would be all right if people want to blame the pangolin or not. Were it not for the fact that it's probably even worse news for the pangolin if we do. Yeah, right? exactly. And things are not great for your pangolin anyway. Now, exactly. back in 2002, Ol, do you remember SARS? Yeah. Do you remember that? I do. Yeah, remember that? Yeah, that was a Lurgy 1. Lurgy 1 that people got very uh, worried about and was bad for people who got it, but turned out to not be as kind of, I don't know what the word is. It didn't ferocious. go as far, yeah. vicious. It, it, yeah, it didn't, it didn't get as many people as they thought it might. Uh, but no. there was an animal no. uh, uh, with a smoking gun very much firmly in its paws then, wasn't there? Yeah, civet, which uh, is an amazing looking thing. It looks a bit seen like a kind well. of hyena. Seen Have you seen movie? I mean, yep. How many of them did you count? Four? <laughs> I don't remember the exact numbers. <laughs> uh, really sad thing about civets. So civets are magnificent. They're, they're either a kind well, of just big... Describe them. Describe us. Well, it's either oh, like a very might. big small cat or a very small big cat. And they're, they're beautiful and they're lovely and they've got lovely You mean faces. a medium-sized cat? Yeah. Um, but uh, in the wild, they're all lovely and, you know, just hop around eating small mammals and stuff. But uh, human like idiots bats. have decided that... Um, the best coffee in the world comes from making a civet eat it and then poo it out because civets have quite big, and I hate to be, uh, you know, base about this, but civets have quite big assholes, and because uh, they're <laughs> they're used to eating quite a lot of sort of hard berries and beans and stuff, which they can't break down that well, so it all kind of gets passed out sort of whole. And so some bright spark had the idea of making a civet eat a load of coffee beans, poo it out, collecting those coffee beans and then selling it to idiots, presumably in Harrods, uh, as a sort of delicacy. So they are they are caged up and fed coffee beans and the poo is put in your mocha. Well, what did we do with the civets? What? What did we do with the civets? We went after them, didn't we? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so I don't. It's not great news for a pangolin population. It's already massively depleted to have the world going. These bastards gave us coronavirus. It's like bloody shark attacks, isn't it? It's like when uh, someone is in the water and a shark is in the water where the shark lives, and the shark's going, "Oh, there's my dinner just come in the water there," and the shark eats the person who was in the water, and then everyone goes, "Right, we're going to go murder all them sharks now." Uh, it's like that, yeah. but with you know, it's like all of the, we've got to find out. We must know where this virus came from. It doesn't. It's not good enough to know that. Frankly, it just came from you know the natural world of or which the, we are a or, part. That's not good enough. Or we've got that there might be something. like big systemic problems that need confronting here. Right. That, that are the reasons that viruses are transport uh, tra- translating from animals to humans and stuff. Let, let's let's just ignore that because that's a bit too yeah. tricky and difficult. Instead, let's just 
let's just have a show trial of one particular evil looking pangolin and um, and everyone can carry on with their lives. Yeah, and then we'll destroy the pangolin. We'll Let's ignore the fact that we are, metaphorically speaking, going around licking the handles of buses, um, <laughs> you know, metaphorically, um, and instead just blame a thing. Because if we blame a thing, that means we don't have to change. We can just do something about that there thing. We and, we, and we will ban markets that sell this stuff and they are problem solved. Rather than not being assholes in the first place oh <laughs> okay very good there's no time for us there's no place for us what is just wanted to say a quick thing all um about the the, the campaigning that is going on so oh good what, yes you know, yeah we don't yes. like to just so, preach despair here uh so here's no no some no 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 good news so a couple of just a couple of shout outs. So there is a, a bunch of celebrities, seventeen celebrities, including Brian May, who is currently our wishes to Brian May, um, who is currently in hospital with a ripped ass um, after uh, he did he was doing something. I forget what it was, gardening or something like that, and he ripped his bottom. Sure. And he's in ho- he's in hospital with a ripped bottom. How did you do this, Mister May? Um, ga- gardening. Uh huh. <laughs> not sat on, sat on no, a dibber, not- did you? No, not, not that. Not no, not like that. He's torn a muscle in his glute. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Fine. Anyway, there's there's a campaign no, to shut down bad. the wild animal markets. So you should. So you should. Poor old Brian May. Um, to shut down the wild an- the, the, the wild animal markets in China that and uh, places like that that sell you know live animals what should not be being sold. There's a campaign that seventeen celebrities have done, and you know in China there is a growing movement of celebrities people like i uh, genuinely had never heard of this person apparently one of the world's most famous people angela baby um who is like a youtube influencer or instagram influencer I mean, i'm, so <laughs> I'm astonished that you it. haven't heard of a <laughs> of a very very famous youtube influencer in china china um, yeah no, it's exactly um, your bag isn't it Oh God! So far, it, it is the thing about the modern world I understand the least, and that is up against some pretty stiff competition. <laughs> is like Instagram influencing. I have absolutely no idea what that means. I think it means you post a picture of yourself looking pouty, and then people give you money to advertise washing up liquid or something. But I have no idea. No idea. Anyway, there's a very famous one called Angela Baby. Uh, she's in China, and she made a brilliant-looking video all about why uh, go on not eat the pangolins because it won't cure cancer and it won't make your Brian hard. And that was viewed by an awful lot of people. Can we stop talking about pangolins now, guys? Yes, please. is the section where we look at the news and go oh no oh no things have got worse i thought they were bad but they're they're even worse now and that's because not only do we have the climate apocalypse to deal with not only is there a global pandemic tearing through the world's populations but brace yourself because the world's biggest knob of a plant is coming over here <laughs> and making people blind. 
this isn't that's not even a joke there is a big plant called a giant hogweed uh and it it makes people blind yeah well point of order role it's been here for blinking years it come over in the uh, 19th century because it came know, over did it we... just it just fancied, well, yeah. fancied a trip to old blighty <laughs> Or did did some <laughs> Muppet Aristo collector of specimens go, yeah. this looks nice. It'd be lovely in the front lawn. Oh, I'll bring that over. Lady Watsa-Chops would be most pleased if she had this. And and then, lo and behold, turns out it's not well suited to... Well, it's, it's very well suited to the, to the well, climate. That's, <laughs> and yes, having that's, a, that's having a gale time knackering everybody's skin and eyes. Heraclium mantagazano. Can't say it. Man, uh, yeah, giant hogweed anyway. Um, which is... Uh, I, I've heard of this thing. I remember my friend Neil, what lives in Scotland, and I remember him saying to me something like they, they've been... you know, He mentioned in passing at some point we must go and get the giant hogweed. There was some giant hogweed somewhere. And I didn't really know what he meant, right? And I knew it was a thing that you like, weren't supposed to allow growing on your land. But then I was reading this thing in, of all places, all the Daily Mail, yeah. about exactly what a... The hogweed. Yes. Golly. It's an absolute bastard. It basically, like, it burns you. It properly burns you. Like, it's it's this... Big old plant. It can grow up to five metres. Um, it, it's in the UK. It's invasive. Shouldn't ought to be here, but it is. Coming over here, um, squatting in our ditches, growing up to five metres. And if you touch it, you can get horrible, blistery burns. Yeah, from what I read, it's particularly bad when it's sunny. So there's something about if you get the sap from it on your skin and then sunlight, bright sunlight on that sap, it does something horrid. Um, and even like clever people who know about plants, um, are, are sort of mistaking it for other stuff, or I don't know. But there, but there, there's a there's a guy. What did he say? Uh, just brushing up against the leaves can result in life changing burns and scarring. That's one quote from uh, that Daily Mail right. piece. And then That's some some dude, I can't remember his name, but he was quoted uh, after he had a little encounter with giant hogweed. And the paper said, the 50-year-old did not realise he had stumbled across some giant hogweed and doctors warned he will not be able to expose his badly burnt right leg to sunlight for seven years. Ooh, nasty. But, but the government is not standing for it and they're going to be recruiting. Now, you remember way back in episode something like episode five or six. Is this Topmouth Gudgeon? Um, we talked about the Topmouth Gudgeon, episode six, I think it was. Um, we, and, and all of the language that was used then about invasive species, and in this case being marshaled against horrible little fish, which was just being a fish called a Topmouth Gudgeon, which was like having the full ferocity of the government's military might turned upon it. Well, they're still turning the ferocity of its military might about it, and they're going to recruit a thing, and they're going to make a citizen's army, all, which is basically going to be volunteers, 1.3 million volunteers that the government wants to recruit to go out and zap things like but not not limited to your horrible hogweed also things like the floating penny wart um which is well, that doesn't sound you. bad does it no well no sounds and the signal crayfish which sounds like it could be useful uh if we need to work out which way to turn at junctions <laughs> good well that'll be something for us all to do once lockdown ends and there are no jobs we can just go and sort of sit in rivers and hunt crayfish and five meter plants sounds quite fun
Oh, only the, uh, the other thing I wanted to just say is there is an actual map that the government has actually done of where uh, people have seen hogweed. So it's worth putting it in. There's a place, uh, I, I'm going to ride my bike tomorrow, I'm going to go have a look at some hogweed down in uh, somewhere in Wimbledon. Really? Something Fantastic. Like yeah, there's some hogweed. Exactly why the hogweed is... I told you you're losing huge. it. You are completely losing yeah. it. You're making songs... <laughs> of clips of your mates saying anal glands and you're going on bike rides to see giant hogweed. You've got like, it's gone. I mean, it's fine. It was going to happen eventually, but you have properly, properly lost it. I'm not sure why the hogweed is still there rather than EG being got rid of. But anyway, uh, yeah, there's a map. It's at planttracker.org.uk and you can see a map the government has done Ooh, to where all the hogweed is. Yes. See? Hang on a minute. Does the, does the thing that every human being ever does when they first encounter a map goes to own? How postcode. is this going to affect my property value? Yeah. <laughs> oh God! I oh, know it's right. That's about half a mile away. Still, you were telling though. me earlier about having gone for a very pleasant walk about half a mile from your house earlier. Oh, how uh, how was that? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm starting to feel a bit burny. Golly gosh! I will I will be visiting that road. Oh, I'll tell you what, that is very close to my hypochondriac friend. <laughs> Great news. Great news. Keep it together, old son. Nearly that. So that is just about it for another episode of The Babble. 173 of the blighters in the can. Thank you very, very much, Dave, for doing all of the work. Um, yep. No, all of it, no, isn't it? I, I, I did a little bit sort of after No, you, you did some. You did. You did yeah, mainly you. Very good. Um, and for babbling very splendidly. Uh, thank you as ever to Dickie Moore for the music at the beginning and the end and the intertwinkly bits of the podcast. And thank you to Arthur Stovall for designing us a lovely logo. What is on all of our branding and website and t-shirts and stuff. T-shirts which incidentally you can still buy from our website at wobblywobblywobbly.sustainababble.fish. If you want to dole us a bit of cash to say thank you very much for the babble and help us do it, because we do do this for love and all that, uh, you can do so. Join the number of people that do it at our Patreon page. We are at wobblywobblywobbly.patreon.com slash sustainababble, where uh, we, yeah, we do have people that help us out. Thank you very much. It is greatly, greatly appreciated, but we could always do with more. Um, and an announcement, one of our Patreon supporters, Luke Hall, said... Uh, hey, why don't you do one of them episodes like what podcasts do when you uh, answer questions from listeners? And we do get questions from listeners and we don't always know the answer to them. And we thought it might be good for us to have an episode in which we say why we don't know the answer to them <laughs> rather than like, um, or other questions. So like, is there anything at all you would like, you know, a question that you would like the babble to look into? We'll do it in a few weeks time. So maybe get get it over, I don't know, by the end of May or something like that. Get us some, get us some yep, sounds questions good. over. Um, and if we've got good questions, we will do a special question and answer babble episode. You can find us on Facebook at Sustainable get hold of us there you can find us on the twitter at the babble wagon or you can email us hello at sustainababble.fish very good dave right uh that is just about it i believe so i am off to um what does alan partridge do gonna take a frisbee to the all you can eat buffet and demand that someone fills my plate very good. I'm off to play monkey tennis by myself inside. <laughs> if that's not a euphemism, which it probably is. <laughs> oh, God. Bye. 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 <laughs>